0: Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you.
1: Good morning, Bethel. Could we put our hands together and greet our streaming family? I am so glad to be here today. I am so blessed. Happy Father's Day to all of our daddies today. I just have to lead with that. And I just want to tell you all how grateful I am to be here. What a week! What a difference a week can make, beloved. Last Saturday I had a little mini stroke, and I felt like I was just going nuts. And I went to the ER, and they took me in from Saturday to Tuesday, and they put a little they put a little thing in my groin and went up, and they cleared out my left uh, carotid artery here. With the, uh, it was a very delicate surgery. It was life saving. It was seventy percent occluded, and so I would have died. But by the mercy of God, I want to thank the Lord today that I'm here. I want to thank Him that He's not finished with me yet. I want to thank Him. Forgive me, be a little teary today. I want to thank you for your prayers, family. Love you so much. No place I'd rather be than here. And, and, and let me just get to it quick because the message I'm giving today, it's called a failed coup. Now, I don't know if you know what a coup is. A coup is a violent overthrow or alteration of an existing government by a small group, and it is always an illegitimate displacement of legitimate authority. Let me tell you what happened to me. I'm all by my myself in that bed, and I started shaking. I started having, I don't know if it was a panic attack, I don't know what it was, but I looked like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. I was shaking all over. I thought, boy, the deliverance crowd would have gone crazy. And the I called the young nurse and said, "Sweetie, I'm sorry, this is uh, not too dignified. I'm 64, this has never happened. She gave me a little pill of some sort, which calmed me, and then gave me a little shot, brought my blood pressure down, but it's interesting Right then the Holy Spirit spoke to me this sermon. And he told me, I want you to say, I want you to preach on this Sunday. And it led with this text, First Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes, he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness, and will expose the motives of the heart. And at that time, each will receive their praise from God. As I was going under that medication, he spoke 1 Corinthians 4, 5 to me, and he said, Craig, I'm going to start doing two things in the culture, in the world, in your life, and in your church. He said, number one, I'm going to show you things you don't know. Imagine in your little ship on the ocean. You know a few things, but everything under the water, under your boat, you know nothing. Do you realize how ignorant we are? Maybe you don't, but I do. I realize I know absolutely nothing. Mark Twain said, between all I know and all I don't know, I'm much stronger in all I don't know. same man twain said you know between rudyard kipling and myself we know all things he knows what can be known and i know the rest (laughs) we're so ignorant we don't even know what we don't know too often right but it's a beautiful word the lord showed me like being on your, your you got your big cruise ship and you got a lot but everything under you you can't see and, and, and as he spoke that word to me, I'm going to show you things you don't know. I had a little moment where I felt like I was taken underwater. And I was in a very contrasted black and white kind of environment. And I saw some shape-shifting figures. I, saw, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. I didn't know who I was looking at. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Craig, I'm showing you the demonic powers that have been against you all of your life, assaulting your ministry and your family. He said, I'm going to begin to show you things you don't know. And he said, give the good news to my people that I'm about to show them things that they need to see so that they can advance, so that they can be fruitful. And then he said, I'm going to show you what you don't know. And secondly, the things you think you do know, the people around you, I'm going to reveal their motives. Because he goes, there. all the stuff you do see and the people you do see in your life, you don't realize. You don't know what people think about you. They may wish you were dead and gone. I'm sure there's some people singing hallelujah when I was in the hospital. But it's beautiful to me that the Lord told me, he said, tell my people I'm doing a work of unveiling. Listen to Luke 8, 17. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known are brought out into the open. In this season, hidden things are going to be revealed. And that truth can be understood in two ways. Number one, for the unrepentant, for those that are fighting God and they don't know God, all hidden things of darkness will be surfaced and exposed and obliterated. It's just like, you know, you don't need a roach gun. You need to turn the light on. Roaches are gone. I always say, don't buy a vulture rifle, right? Just find out what's dead and revive it, right? We don't need to pray for vulture rifles, and we don't need beetle guns in the body of Christ. We need the light turned on and ipso facto everything. So for the wicked the hidden things of darkness for them what does it mean to them it means that the lord is displacing them he's pulling the veil off of them he's exposing their unfruitful works like a bug zapper you don't need to really get up and zap bugs do you when you put the bug zapper up you just sit there and you hear it, it sort of gets good to you you go oh, look at that one you know and then the kids get way too interested in that but i'm, I'm not going to linger In this season, hidden things are going to be revealed. Now, for the ungodly, that means one thing. That means that demons, the darkness they live in, they dwell in, they function in, is being unveiled. And just for a moment, my hospital bed, the Lord showed me these demonic powers. Now, he didn't name them for me particularly, but he did show me that's what's been against you all your life since you were a child. And that that I saw was a very ugly nauseating something and what's interesting though is he said don't be afraid Craig don't be afraid of it your people are praying I'm going to zap all these things now that you've been unaware of I'm going to zap them and every one of you under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus Christ hear what I'm saying You don't need to worry about evaluating and figuring everything out until first he shows you what you don't know right now. It's coming. Good news. It's a revelation. It isn't hiddenness being revealed like your deep, deepest, darkest, nasty sin is being brought up. That's not for God's people. That's for those who don't know the Lord. <laughs> but what does secret, hidden things being revealed mean to the people of God? To the people of God who love God. What that means is he's about to reveal for the first time all of your talents, all of your gifts, all of your abilities, all of your anointings, all the pl- best plans he's given you, all the dreams, all the hopes, all the visions. Those are the things that he's taking out of hiding and he's going to now pop to the surface like glorious beach balls. How many of us have been hidden for how long? Don't ask, don't tell. Today we're going to talk about two parties. We're going to talk about two locations where two different things are happening. And you think I wouldn't tie this into Abishag? This is pure Abishag. Get out of my church. Sheta 1 Kings 1, 5, 6, 9, and 10. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Hagit, himself forward and said I will be king so he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him his father had never rebuked him by asking why do you behave as you do he was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom Adonijah then sacrificed sheep and cattle and fattened calves at the stone of Zoheleth near Enrogal he invited all his brothers the king's sons all the royal officials of Judah but he did not invite Nathan, the prophet, or Benaiah, or the special guard, or his brother Solomon. Oh, my. We're going to talk about a coup today. We're going to talk about the enemy's attempts to displace God's work, to destroy God's plans. And how many of you know, as we look at two locations, Zohelet, it means the stone of the snake, the serpent stone. These are two locations in downtown Jerusalem. Stick with me; I'll make sense of this for you. When you someday, if we, we go to Jerusalem together, within a few blocks of one another, there's a little place called the Stone of Zohelet, and there's a little place called the Spring of Gihon. Now, the Gihon Spring is the fresh water supply of Jerusalem. There's a thing called the Hezekiah's Tunnel that is near me. I've heard of that, where you, you can walk through this tunnel all the way up to the Pool of Siloam. So the spring of Gihon was the freshwater supply of Jerusalem, and the stone of Zohelet, the devil's stone, was a few blocks away. But there were two events happening in one day. Remember, we've got David in his bed. He's old and got no heat, and little Abishag is caring for him day and night ministering to him, encouraging him in intimacy and love and affection and just nourishing him. And yet while he's laying in his bed, all of a sudden one day, Nathan the prophet comes in, Bathsheba come, and they go, King David, sir, are you aware that at the stone of Zohelet, a few blocks away, your wicked son Adonijah has just declared himself king? He knows you're good as dead, buddy. He's your last remaining. He's your fourth son. And he is just, he has a party at the Stone of Zohelot. And his party has sacrificial feasting. Everybody that used to serve you, and we'll go through a name, list of names in a minute. Everybody who you thought was faithful to you has gone over to Adonijah's side. And uh, I think, David, you should wake up and smell the Bible. Because you said Solomon's going to be king, and Adonijah, your worthless son, just said he is king. So just take a look-see, if you would. Well, David, as tired as he was, got up off that deathbed like a young man. When he heard that a few blocks away, a coup was underway. An attempt of illegitimate authority, illegitimate gifting, illegitimate dreaming, illegitimate schemes. Did you know there are such a thing as illegitimate leaders in the world? There are illegitimate authority figures. There are illegitimate doctrines. There are illegitimate visions and dreams. As sure as there's a straight pool cue, there's a crooked one. And so at this location, a few blocks from David's deathbed, he thinks he's at peace in bed with Abishag, and he's being told, oh, by the way, the greatest threat of your life, a coup, the devil himself is trying to destroy you and unseat the whole work of the kingdom. Just thought we'd let you know, David. And by the way, he's not alone, is not alone. Joab, the man that has been running your army, your entire ministry, has joined that. It doesn't take much to rouse up an old man. He Abiathar, the priest, the high priest that's been with you your whole life, he's with them. Hmm. And Shimei, the guy that cursed you when you were leaving the throne because of Absalom, he threw stones at you and cursed you. Shammai is with the party too. David, his hair, is standing up on the back of his neck. Well, there's a lot going on at the serpent stone what's going on at the club the serpent stone well there's a coup there's an illegitimate group of leaders gifts talents abilities ideas dreams schemes and everything the devil could possibly hatch in order to unseat god's work in the world but you know what the bible says Psalm 2, 1 through 4, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Is that delicious? oh, there's an insurrection at Zohaleth. Oh, no, the stone of the serpent. Oh, Adonijah has a party. And it says he invited all of his other brothers and all the elders of Judah. And guess what? Guess who was at Zohaleth? Every idiot in the kingdom that deserves death, hell, and the grave. And they're all having a party and a shindig. And Adonijah's funding the whole thing. And guess what? Well, we better pray. Well, I mean, we should pray, but are you worried that the kingdom of heaven is going to be overthrown? Are you concerned that David's rulership and hence the Messiah coming through his loins is somehow threatened? Somebody say, Ooh, we've got weak theology sometimes, don't we? Have you thought about that? Don't you worry. I had doubts enough of my own. I never doubt God. I doubt my interpretation of what God's doing, honestly. I never doubt the Lord. I doubt my capacity to properly interpret what he's saying. And you know, I see so little. Socrates, they said, uh, uh, the Delphic Oracle said, Socrates was the wisest man on earth. And the word got to Socrates that the oracle at Delphi of Apollo had said he's the wisest man. And he said, what does that mean? I'm the dumbest idiot on the planet. And they said, thus it was fulfilled. You see, it's not being detrimental to your self-image. It's beloved. We know so little. I mean, what we went if it was dynamite went off wouldn't be enough powder to blow our nose. But it's healthy to know all that we don't know because, see, we are sheep, that's all. But we follow a shepherd who knows everything, and he knows where to go, and all we have to do is lean on him. But there's a beauty of having a humility with regard to what you don't know. And, you know, all you see around you, the people placing even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, you don't even know their motives. Oh, you think you're so good. You think you got it, all that, in a bag of chips. There are folks that can't stand you. They'd rather hear nails on a chalkboard than you draw a breath. No, I'm so glad God has been merciful to me and has not let me hear things people thought about me. I would have been dead. I would not have survived the last 45 years if I had actually heard, you know, because believe it or not, I am quite sensitive. My heart is very sensitive. And uh, God so often mercifully protected me from hearing fiery darts from the devil because it Bothers me so much. It affects me so much. It hurts my feelings so much. It breaks my heart. I'm getting a little better. I'm trying to grow up. I said trying, but he settled down. Thank you to the platinum givers for that support. And amen. All right, God bless you. Now, what's interesting is that. We're talking about Abishag, and isn't it interesting that our Abishags and Shaggies are being raised up right now as leaders in this last outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they are absolutely comfortable with civil stress. Abishags and Shaggies are born for the battle. They're born for pressure. They're born for warfare. They're born for transition. They don't give a hoot in hell what anybody's doing at the Mount of Zohaleth. They don't care who's paid for the feast. They don't care how many people that Adonijah has, because you know what God's doing at the stone of Zohelet? He's revealing the secrets in the hearts of the wicked. Let me show you the first thing he's doing. Adonijah, he was the fourth son of David, the oldest yet remaining child. But he was a complete and utter idiot, and God was, now he was good looking, Bible says next to Absalom, he was the best-looking hunk of flesh in the empire. He was handsome. He had chariots. He, same as Absalom, he had 50 people run ahead of him. He had a bodyguard around him. And he thought he was all that in a bag of chips. And you know, embarrassing verse. I hope this is never put in a Bible about me. It said, never once did David ever once ask this idiot child, what doest thou? Isn't that a horrible thing? David was a terrible father. I was going to say, and everybody said amen. He was horrible. He was a great leader. He was a great king. He was a great musician. He was a great songwriter. Horrible, hands-off father, to the point that this idiot kid was allowed to be raised, and David knew he was nuts, and never once anything. So this kid is entitled. This kid is waiting his whole selfish life to usurp authority because all he wants, he don't want to serve God, he does not want to feed the sheep. He wants to be the man. Well guess what God's gonna reveal about this little good looking guy, by the way, all the ladies would go, Oh, naja." Okay. And all the men thought he was a man's man. All the women thought he was... Now, what I'm telling you about him is the secret and the truth about him that had to be revealed, okay? Because from the look of it, he was the next line. He was in line. He should have been legally the king. Remember, Amnon was dead. Remember, Absalom was dead. Remember, you know, David lost a lot of kids. And then this guy was the oldest child. So he probably in the natural, would have seemed to human vision that he is going to inherit the throne when David dies. But guess what? God does not see as men see. And right now he is unveiling the hidden works of the enemy and he is showing the secrets of men and women's hearts. And, and, and again, this isn't a harsh word to precious lambs like you who are saying, well, what is he going to show my latest thoughts? No, beloved, no, not you. He loves those of a contrite spirit who put everything under the blood. We're talking about willful people, men, women, boys, and girls, whose plans, agendas, gifts, talents, and abilities are only to seek, kill, and destroy the blessed work of God and God's precious lambs. Well, guess who's bringing the comeuppance first? He shows what Adonijah really is. He says, let me me unveil a little bit about this fool. Because everybody at this party few blocks away from Gihon. Now Gihon is the spring, the water supply of Jerusalem where Solomon's going to be crowned king. Wait a minute, we'll get there. Gihon is where God crowns his hidden people. Gihon is where he brings to light everyone that's been hidden purposely all these years, all your gifts, all your talents, all your abilities, all your anointings, all your the best laid plans God has for you have been hidden in the mountains and underwater and underground. But God says, but everything hidden will be made manifest, whether that's wickedness or whether that's giftedness. Oh, there's two things going on at Gihon. Everybody's about to be crowned. Woo! The waiting is over. Woo! At Zohalet, oh, all hell is breaking loose. So Joab, now this was David, the head of his army. This was David's nephew, a gifted man. But all throughout the story of David, he's a man of great mixture. Um, He's now being fully exposed and removed from leadership. He had made rash decisions, vengeful murders. He had a lack of self-control. He was constantly disobeying David. But David put up with him because, you know, sometimes in life you sort of put up with stuff in your family because the good they do. You know, you're not God and no one died and left me, Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? At Zoheleth. Guess who sides with Adonijah, the devil's work of a coup against David? Joab. This is like the greatest leader next to David in control of his entire army. And, you know, he, he, it's been come see, come saw. It's been st- sticks and hay. It's been, you know, a mixture. We all have mixture. Amen? With some of you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You eat the hay, spit out the sticks. God draws a circle around our good parts and our bad parts. You know, we know all that. But Joab was a man of mixture with extraordinary power, and I just can't even go into it, but he disobeyed David time after time. Remember, David once said, go take Jebus, the city of Jerusalem. Whoever takes it first is going to be king of my, lord of my army. Joab ran up and took it. So David gave him control. Don't give people control because of a stupid moment and a whim. Don't make rash vows. Come on now. Watch who you give stuff to and how you give it to them because you're stuck with it. You know, whoever runs up first gets it. And Adolf Hitler runs up first. Oh, Adolf is now the captain of my of my army. That's what happened with Joab. Okay? Now, he was faithful for over 40 years. God used him. All right? But Joab's heart, he, he, he's not going to end well. Because God needs to reveal what's hiddenly in his heart. He needs to reveal that this man is a man of mixture and he's no longer necessary and he cannot be used by God anymore because he will not support Solomon. Did you know people that supported the old move of God will not support the new move of God? Adonijah didn't want Solomon to be king. God did. So Adonijah's going, bye-bye. And this man... Joab, who thought he was in control all those years of David and certainly of Adonijah, God says, kill him. Ooh, reveal. Now, everyone revered this man. This is like an Alexander, the great figure in Israel. So Adonijah is the king's son. And he brings, by the way, all of David's other sons. David had 23 sons total. Everyone is at Zoholeth. Everybody's at this stupid coup. Everybody with idiocy enough not to sense the Holy Ghost have all showed up for dinner, not realizing they're flipping God off and they are absolutely summoning the enemy's powers and they're agreeing to join the program which would destroy God's work in the world. Now, I know you're not that clueless. We hope... But everybody thinks Joab's a pretty good guy until now because God says, I need to pull the veil back and show you he's not going any further. He's losing the army because he's losing his life. Next, Abiathar. Who's that? Well, Abiathar was a very important priest, the Bible says. He was appointed high priest when David ascended the throne of Judah. Abiathar was the king's intimate companion for a season of time uh abiathar uh however was dumb enough to idiotically support adonijah against david and in the midst of his priesthood what does he do he unfaithfully literally turns on god on the temple uh, i mean uh the holy place turns on david turns on the will of the lord this man who has been the high priest has carried the ark of the covenant God says, I need to reveal a few things about him. You thought you knew about him? thirst, Dad. He's got to die too. He shows up at the devil's party. Beloved, please watch where you show up. Isn't it true to be at the right place at the right time with the right attitude is so important? So in our culture right now, we have what we felt to be a civil war because it is. We have a clashing of kingdoms because the kingdom's are clashing. But good news, 1 Corinthians 4-5, God is going to show you everything you can't see right now that's under the water, and he's going to reveal the motives of everybody you can see in your life so that he brings you peace, security, and brings you to a safe harbor. Isn't that good news? He told me this in my hospital bed. I said, thank you, Jesus. All I can tell you is, Mark Twain said, I have the confidence of a Christian holding four aces. When he drops the coin in my spirit, I have an invincibility. It's like Superman. And he gave that to me when I was not Superman almost a week ago. I just want to thank him again that I'm here today. So God is revealing false leaders who look like they're they're going to be king, but they're not. He's revealing false military leaders that are even close to the power of the throne, and he's exposing them for what they are. He's even revealing false priests who have been used in the past, who can no longer move forward because they will not support Solomon. They will not support... new thing he supported David for a while but he's rejecting God's will by rejecting Solomon oh my Lord and then all the other sons that showed up the madness of crowds don't ever trust a crowd please don't ever trust a crowd Zohelet is a coup location there's a party going on now Now, let me show you what our hero David does. Boy, that man of God is not dead yet. The king ain't dead yet. You thought he was dead in bed with Abishag and nothing happening. Well, he's still alive. Because let me tell you what happens. They tell him what's going on, and he jumps out of that bed. And I'm going to paraphrase because I'd have to read too much text. 1 Kings chapter 1. He said, I want you. He calls Benaiah. He calls Bathsheba. He calls Benaiah. He calls Zadok, his faithful priest. He calls Nathan the prophet. He calls the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and he calls Solomon, and he said, everybody get in my bedroom right now. And the Bible says, Abishag, let them all in. Abishag's ministering to the king, and Abishag uh, opens the door, because now the king calls. Guess who they didn't invite to Zoheleth? Benaiah, Zadok, Nathan, (laughs) Bathsheba, Solomon, the Cherethites, and the Pelethites. Well, those names were omitted from the party hosting the coup a few blocks back at Zoheleth, at the Serpent Stone. Isn't it funny? Be glad when you're left off a dinner party list. <laughs> Don't go everywhere. They said good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. <laughs> Don't go everywhere. Go where you're supposed to go. And David now wakes up to his old youthful self. He says, Get me Beniah. Do you remember Beniah? The soldier priest the great and mighty man of God representing the anointing of the soldier priest anointing and ministry. Beniah, the man that killed the lion on a snowy day, the man that killed the two men of Moab, the man that represented the utter balance of soldier priestly ministry. Fighters, yes, but they hold a scepter and a sword. He says, bring me my bravest warrior and get him in here right now. And here comes Beniah. And he says, I want you to bring Zadok. Who's Zadok? Zadok is the man who was a faithful priest and remained the first priest in the temple of Solomon in the line of Zadok. The Zadokite priests would be the faithful priestly line serving the Lord from the time of David till now. And you are spiritual Zadokite priests. He says, I'm displacing right now all the fake priests. I'm displacing the fake soldier priest. And he goes, bring the, bring the legitimate, legitimate leaders, men, women, boys, and girls that have legitimate gifts, talents, gifts, and abilities, agendas, schemes, dreams, and visions. Bring them all into my intimate little bedroom here. Did you know the Lord's about to call you to be closeted alone with him, with all these mighty ones. Hope, beloved, when I was in the hospital, I dreamt of being here again with you because I'm where I'm preaching right now. This is where I am right now. I'm in my intimate place with all of you. I can't tell you how happy I was to see Dennis for the first time. When he walked in my house, I just cried, and I will continue to cry. When I saw Mike, when I saw Gretchen, when I saw David, because I, We are so safe here. We are so honored to have probably the safest house I've ever been in in my life. And it's like David's bedroom because it's like I I look around and I see Benaiah and I see Zadok and I see Nathan and I see Bathsheba and I see the Cherithites, the Belafites, Solomon. It's like there's not a dud in the bunch. There's not like, oh, except for the demon-possessed woman in the back. You know, it only takes one to screw up the anointing in the room. (laughs) Just one. Or a demon-possessed man in the back. Demon-possessed person. (laughs) Don't make me use my hanky. Where's Marie? I need Marie to wave a hanky at me this morning. Remember Dee? Oh, I used to love her. (sighs) David says, now, let me tell you what you're going to do. Zohaleth has a coup going on, one location, a few blocks later. I want you, David says. Benaiah, priest king. Zadok, true priest. Nathan, who's Nathan? He's the old prophet that's been with David forever. Oh, he's the one that told David he couldn't build the temple. He's the one that exposed Bathsheba's sin. Nathan, but he isn't a kvetch. He is a loving, gracious, faithful, priestly figure in David's life, one of his closest, most trusted friends. And he's been with David as long as anyone. And, David and Nathan represents the prophetic men, women, boys, and girls who have been around forever. Those of you that have been around the body of Christ for 40 years, you've just been faithful. You've just shown up. You just keep showing up like a bad penny. No matter what happens, there you are. When the church door is open, there you are. No matter what come what may, you're there. No matter what the devil says or doesn't say, you're there. No matter what God says or doesn't say, you're there. There's something beautiful about being able to call the Nathans in that have stood with you your whole life, and there's still a credible prophetic voice. And Nathan goes, I'm here, your majesty. We're going to kick the ass of these folk the original Hebrew, Jehovah Esau. <laughs> Bathsheba comes in. Bathsheba comes in. Bathsheba is interesting because she's God's unique link between David and Jesus Christ. She was the servant with whom God could strike a straight blow with a crooked stick. She lost so much with David's sin against her. She, he committed adultery with her. He killed her husband, Uriah, for the rest of time. She's called the wife of Uriah the Hittite. That never changes. Their first child dies because of the result of David's sin. Bathsheba lost her husband. She lost her child. She lost so much of her dignity, yet in the midst of all that she lost, God rewarded her with what we call a rainbow baby. He says, Bathsheba, honeybun I'm going to give you Solomon, the king of Israel, through whom the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth will come, the redeemer of the world, the savior of the world. I'm going to redeem all your pain, all your loss, all the sins against you, how you were victimized. I'm going to give you a rainbow, baby. I'm going to turn it around. So David brought Bathsheba, and oh, what memories came before him as he saw Bathsheba. A good mother, a godly woman. And then he said, Get the Cherethites and the Pelethites. This was the elite Gentile bodyguard of mercenaries employed by David. They guarded his bedroom, they guarded the Tabernacle. They were his choice warriors in battle, and they were the protectors of all God was doing at Kejon. And then he said, Bring Solomon in. Solomon's 20. He says, Baby boy, come in here. Daddy's got to have a little tick tock. You got to have a little chin wag. Daddy loves you. I'm about to die and give you immense authority that without God you won't be able to bear. But by the way, you're going to have to kill some folks. Because at Zohaleth right now, they've just planned to destroy you and kill you and kill your mama and kill me and kill Beniah and kill Nathan and they think, but he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Can you imagine God going, gee, I didn't see that coming. You're in a tower a hundred feet tall with a white sand underneath you and no one can approach you at any way at any time. Would you feel threatened? Oh, there's a church mouse. Oh, that's how God is with everything. <laughs> he looks down at Zohelet and he goes, "Oh no! A few blocks away, they're planning a coup. They're trying to undermine my kingdom work in the world. Maybe the Messiah won't come. Oh, I'm having a case of the vapors. Help! <laughs> what are we? What are we gonna do, <laughs> Br- brother?" <laughs> One, one old preacher used to tell a story. He said, there's this old woman in church, and God, knows, whatever happened, whatever happened to this church lady, it didn't matter what occurred, but she would go into yelling and pitching a fit, and she'd just start screaming out loud, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said, "I'd call, I'd talk to her for an hour. I'd calm her down. I'd get her calm. I'd give her coffee. I'd preach the Bible. I exhausted myself. And she'd go, oh, Pastor, thank you. And then would trip getting out of the chair and go, What am I going to do? And go right back. (laughs) Well, (laughs) beloved, the Cherethites and the Pelethites and Solomon. This is the holiest group, the most anointed, legitimate set of leaders with gifts and talents and abilities the world has ever seen. You know what God says? God says, you all get down to Gihon, go to the spring of Gihon. Look it up later online. You can see the little spring of Gihon. Go to the spring of Gihon, put Solomon on my donkey. They didn't have courses then. The donkey was the symbol of the king. He said, put Solomon on my donkey, take the Cherethites, the Pelethites. Those were all the Gentile bodyguards that no one would, yucky, poopy, would have anything to do with, but the only people David trusted in this world to protect him it was a bunch of, uh, we call it the Melchizedek factor. God loves to use unconventional men, women, boys, and girls, Even and they were all uncircumcised. Did that look suspicious or what? Who does he have guarding the holy things? Who does he have guarding his bedroom? What are we gonna do? <laughs> the king's hanging out with all of these chariotsites and philistines. That's right. And David said, "Get them all. Take my boy. Put him on the donkey. Go down to Gihon. Beniah. Zadok. Get the oil from the tabernacle." You anoint my boy, Solomon, because we're going to now unveil what has been hidden. Namely, I'm going to show that I'm with Benaiah. I'm going to show that I'm with Nathan. I'm going to show that I'm with Zadok. I'm going to show that I'm with Solomon. I'm going to show that I am with the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And I'm going to do it publicly at the spring of Gihon. Woo! There's a new party a few blocks away. And do you know what the text says? They took him, they anointed him king, and they began to blow the trumpets, and they began. The ground shook, it says, because Solomon had just been declared king. The new move of God had just been brought in successfully. Nothing the devil tried to hinder was allowed to be hindered. The coup failed. And the Bible says that they're still having a feast a few blocks away at Zohalith. And then they hear the ground shake. And the sound of trembling and horns. And Adonijah goes, what's that? And the high priest's son, Jonathan, comes up and says, um, that means that Solomon has just been crowned king over Israel and that you're not the king. All you illegitimate leaders with all your illegitimate schemes, plans, dreams, and gifts, and talents, and abilities and it says the place evaporated just like that they were gone adonijah's left it by himself with a chicken wing (laughs) the bible says all david's sons look at the idiots involved all the leaders of judah all everybody joab all of them they're gone shimei is gone And it says Adonijah went to the tabernacle and he ran up to the altar and he flung himself and held on to the horns of the altar. Because did you know when you didn't want to be butchered you would plead for mercy at the altar. The Lord is breaking up every coup that has ever been set against you. My love. Every demonic power you've not been aware of that's been hidden under your feet, the Lord's going to mercifully begin to reveal to you and to help you. He's going to unveil the nature of these things. You're going to see clearly, nothing to fear. Don't be afraid about seeing boogeymen. They lose their uh, power as soon as you... The devil's like um. He's like a dog in a cage. He's loud. But if you turn the light on and realize he's in a cage and he has no teeth, then you can go. Oh well, that's not a threat to me because I can see it. Now when it's dark, <gasps> you know every little crunch in the forest scares the crap out of you. Have you noticed that? Because you don't know what you're looking at. You can't see. But when someone sees that so that was just a, it was just a leaf. It's okay. He's going to start showing you what you can't see. And secondly, he's going to show the motives of things that you can't see that you have been able to. And you know what? Again, there's no threat. When you know somebody's motives, imagine Jesus taking you like he has to with me and he goes, Craig, I showed you underwater some really nasty things, but you don't need to worry, baby. I'm with you. I'm going to destroy them. Your people are already praying fire on them. You're going to be okay, okay? And here's some people around you that I need to show you some motives, but don't take it personal. They ever, I love you. I'm with you. I know people say mean, wicked things. I, I love you. I'm with you. But I just need to show you, don't trust that person below this depth. Don't trust it. The, then there's no need to be freaked out and have panic attacks. Because you sort of see clearly from the helicopter everything. There's no threat to anything. If you can see it, isn't it great that everything hidden shall be revealed? It's happening right now. Is there tension in the culture? Oh, yeah. In the body of Christ? Yeah. In your home? Absolutely. The devil is at Zohelet. He's throwing his party, his coup. It's always a coup because he's a cuckoo. You only get hurt when you don't see what Ajanijah is. You don't realize who Joab is. You don't realize who Shemai is. It's only hurtful and scary when you can't see your enemies. But when the Lord puts a lime green shirt on all your, your enemies, it's like, oh, here goes the mystery. Those idiots in lime green shirts, yeah. Don't trust them, Craigie. Hmm. Here's people you see, but you don't know their motives. I'm going to put a bright pink shirt on those people. Can you see lime green and pink, Craig? Yeah. Well, are you having a panic attack now? It's right there in front of you. It's like, oh, act spiritual like you knew all the time. (laughs) I always knew hidden things would be revealed. I always knew that was a benign. No, you didn't. Good God, have mercy on us. Abiathar was a good man. Yeah, but he's not a priest for now. Shimmai was good. No, he never was. Exodus twenty-two twenty-eight 28 says, How dare you ever curse the ruler of your people? And Shimmai came out when Absalom took over and David was running over the Mount of Olives. And Shimmai cursed David and said, You bloody fool. And he threw stones at David. He did what you never do to a leader. But you know what? Nothing happened in the moment. Ever been traumatized? Nothing happened in the moment? Don't worry. He's the king of comeuppance. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you, that you may be children of your father which is in heaven. Why do you pray for them? Because the stone of Zohelot is about to be wiped out, and everyone involved in any way in that party is toast. But at Gihon, oh, I'm speaking to my Gihonites. You're about to be revealed. Is this a beautiful word? The wicked need to be frightened. The Bible says the wicked flee when no one's after them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. He is about to reveal us. Wears his jewels and his hands and his feet and his instruments and his, uh, that he's about to say... Oh, I've been waiting to show you off your whole life, honey. Oh, wait till I show you off. Wait till they see this pearl. Wait till they see Eunice. Wait till they see David. Oh my God, Mike Fuller. Oh my God. The Lord is getting so excited. He's getting ecstatic because Gihon is the party that is about to host the greatest crowning, revealing, and affirmation of everything and everyone that is a part of God's holy plan. Abishag, it's your time. Shaggy, it's your time. You're about to be unveiled. Oh, what a beautiful thought. But you know something I realized over time? And I'll close. I'm feeling liberty today. Can you praise the Lord? I didn't know I could do this today. I was afraid. I was afraid but I'm not afraid right now. God can use lips of clay, can't he? Mm -hmm. But you know, I've found that when you no longer want something, it's usually when you can have it. You know, when I was young, I, I had so many dreams and hopes and ambitions and thought it was all gonna happen within six months. I've had prophetic words since I was a a baby, since I was five. I've had prophetic words all my life. You know why? Because God had to keep me alive. I didn't realize how rough it was going to be, so he kept feeding me food. It's like being underwater and you have a helmet on and someone's feeding you air from the boat. He had to feed me. I don't know about you. He's kept me alive all these years. with He's held me alive with prophetic words that have never yet happened. Never yet. And you know what? They've served their purpose. They keep me loved. You know, I don't know about you, but I need a lot of affirmation. And I hope you don't mind me hugging on you so much today. Because my primary love language is touch. And that's the, probably the least I get of anything in my life so whether you like it or not i don't care what your love language is i'm gonna be i'm sorry i gotta get a few more hugs and I, i'm not sufficiently sephonsified and i'm gonna soak it up until i'm done I'm just warning you in advance you can flee before i get out of this chair but i think there's a sense in which when you no longer need what it is all your life that you've been seeking. It somehow comes to you. It's the strangest thing. Like they say, seek for a ladybug and you can't find one, but fall asleep in the field and you wake up and they're all over you. It's, a, it's like, wow, wow. Oh, he's got ladybugs because he did the ladybug teaching and he pushed every ladybug. but No, he didn't. He fell asleep because he's exhausted with his life. And he woke up covered with ladybugs. That's what I feel says everything I've been trying to say for you. Oh, beloved, just be weak. Oh, just go to sleep in the field because his words are faithful. He that promised. Shall he say and shall he not do as he's spoken and shall he not make it good? You just don't worry a bit. Every ladybug destined to be on you is going to come on you and no devil can stop it. No demon can stop it. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for a failed coup. I thank you for Psalm chapter 2, that he that sits in the heavens laughs at every attempt of the enemy to undermine the work of God's kingdom in the world, the work of God's kingdom in each of our lives. Lord, I pray for these precious lambs, Lord, watching and listening. Lord, they are at the spring of Gihon. Everyone I'm talking to right now is an inhabitant of Gihon. They're blocks away from where the coup is going on, and they're celebrating you. They're loving you. They're serving you. They're being faithful to you. And you are about to crown and reveal completely and fully what has been hidden, which is them being in the caves and under the water and... You hid Moses in the house. His mother hid him in the house in plain sight. I pray, Lord, all those that have been hidden in plain sight but have never had their time, they don't need to worry. They don't need to stress. They don't need to promote themselves. They don't need to emerge. You are the one at Gihon who will now bring what is hidden of the excellence of your talents, gifts, and abilities forward. Lord, thank you that there are men, women, boys, and girls beyond number in this planet right now. And the majority of them are leaders who have been hidden. But I thank you, Jesus, that with all the devils yelling and screaming and bellowing that you have things firmly in hand. Oh, God, we bless your faithful benaias your Solomons. We bless your Nathans, your Bathshebas, your Cherithites, your Pelethites. We bless your precious children, Lord, that just do the next right thing. And you know what? We wouldn't want a crown unless you give it to us, Lord. We don't want to put a crown on our own head. And we thank you. We don't need to worry about the demons and the devils and the Adonai. Just, you you just got this. It's not our business to even focus on what's going on in Zohelit. We're only looking at Gihon in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you say Amen. amen. Oh, honey, he made you. He formed you in your mother's womb. You're not going to miss your opportunity. You're not going to miss your hour. You know, I don't want to belabor anything any further, but if I could just add one insight I got in the hospital bed, could I mention it? All throughout my life, have you ever prayed and asked God to speak to you and then you open a weird Bible roulette verse and it doesn't make any sense? I don't recommend Bible roulette because people usually die when you play Bible roulette. I'll open the Bible, you know. The one woman who got Judas went and hanged himself. Go thou and do likewise. What thou doest, doest thou quickly. All right? Watch it. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, but I kept opening a verse all my Christian life that I never understood. I'd be in hotel rooms. I'd be able, it was Isaiah 42, 2. And it said, his voice will not be heard in the streets. His voice will not be raised in the streets. I thought, oh, well, I misfired. That's a Bible roulette. Quit reading the King James. Never knew what it meant. And I was studying the context. It's a servant psalm about the Messiah. In Isaiah 42, 2, and it talks about Jesus Christ, that he would have so much authority, he would not need to scream. Do you know when you have authority, you don't need to yell? Did you know a king can whisper a command? And it's done. Only insecure people scream and yell. Like the preacher, logic, weak here, yell louder. argument weak here, yell louder. Only insecure people feel the need to display themselves, promote themselves. It, you get the point? Isaiah 42, 2 said the Messiah will never have to raise his voice. He has so much authority. And the Lord spoke to him in my hospital bed before the surgery and he said, that's the verse he's always spoken to me. He said, Craig, the authority that I've given you, you don't need to whip up or hump up or pump up or anything it, it's on you and then he whispered he added this he said Isaiah 42 to Craig he said you may feel a little weaker the next little while but the weaker you feel the louder I'm going to turn up your ability to hear me the louder your accuracy in hearing the Holy Spirit's going to be the clearer your gifts your kaleidoscope vision's going to be I thought, you know what, only the Holy Spirit could encourage me in the hospital bed. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So I pray he hosted some strength today through uh, vessels of clay, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless the Lord. David could you pass out the elements joaquin Joaquin could you greet us for just one second before David ministers
2: my friend Jimmy used to come to this church he used to say uh, you got to be uh smart enough to know what you don't know and, and I that's always spoken to me, and, and the way I interpret that statement is that uh, it's a wonderful thing to em- embrace mystery. We don't need to know everything. Um, and that's not an issue of knowledge or wisdom. It's an issue of on a need-to-know basis. You just need to know what you need to know to do the next right thing. So I, I don't i may i may not need the side mirror i may i'm i am I just need the front mirror because i'm going forward you know frank lloyd wright ripped the rear view mirrors out of his car because i never looked back so you 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 only need the vision you need to do what you need to do and you may not need the side mirrors you might need the rear view mirror you may just need that front mirror which is pretty big in itself so i i i think we need to embrace the mystery of of uh of not knowing things and and not seeing everything but i am grateful and thankful that there does come a time when god says okay there's some things i need to show you um and then we get to see behind the veil as he says what why we haven't been able to do this or that or get to this place or that place um Again, I think it's just things that are contrary to focus and we don't need to know them until God is going to do something whereby we need to know them. I thank you that that time does come though. Perhaps it doesn't come before then because we might get in the way. We might try to do something about it. And and God, you can only do the best that you can with what you've been given. And who God has put around you. And build that thing. But you can't make it work. You can't make the thing be successful. You can't make people buy the thing. You, may, you can't make people like the thing. You can only make the thing. And But if God calls you to do it. There does come a day when he says. "Okay, You know that thing you've been working on for 40 years. Well baby it's time to be revealed. It's time for people to see what you've been up to i thank god that there is a, a day when that does come and what you've been doing in hiding I, i've been doing stuff in hiding uh making stuff <laughs> just to clarify that making stuff that that yes maybe some people see maybe some people don't maybe some people buy some people don't but basically not nah, nobody nobody knows who i am um and that's a lot of us nobody knows you know Um, but if God called you to do it and it's not your own flesh doing it, then there does come a day when he says, okay, I, I don't waste time. I didn't ask you to do something 40 years for nothing. So today's the day and, 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 and you will feel that you will know that you're not crazy anymore and you will know that, um, God is faithful because he's not a man that he should lie. So Lord. Uh, I thank you that you are faithful for those who have been faithful Lord um, we know that you will reward them with uh, the exposing of the things that have been grinding them and preventing them from going forward and preventing them from seeing I thank you that you have destiny, freedom and release for them as saying in the Bible, my per- people perish for lack of vision. And some people interpret that to mean knowledge. They don't know things. They haven't read things. They don't know the Bible. I'd like to add my own spin on that and say my people perish for lack of vision, not because they're not reading the Bible or not because they're not acting on things. or It's because they can't see things. They can't see the vision. They can't see what God sees. And I believe in this time, God is going to let us see with his eyes, not our eyes. There's only so much we can see with our eyes. But if we can see with God's eyes, it's a whole different thing, a whole different dimension. And I think the Perish for Lack of Vision is, is one interpretation is we're not seeing with God's eyes. We're seeing with man's eyes, the world's eyes, our own eyes. And, and so I, make, I pray that you be able to see with God's eyes. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you,
3: Joaquin. Yeah, thanks, Joaquin. We're going to go to the table of the Lord. Go ahead and grab your elements. We're going to start with the cup today. On Father's Day, I just want to glorify our Heavenly Father that he came up with this plan of salvation that the coup of the enemy can never take from you, never take from you. And Jesus sealed it. And he took the cup, And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember that Jesus took the curse of the law upon himself, that you would never have to qualify yourself by the law. He's qualified you. He shed his blood. All your sins are erased. Let's celebrate. So many people can't receive their healing because they think they haven't qualified themselves to receive it but Jesus did qualify you for it. And he wants you to remember that he allowed his body to be broken so that yours would be healed and whole, just like he did for Pastor Craig, just like he did for Mark Boykin, just like he's done for me over and over, and so many people here in the body of Christ here at Bethel. Let's praise his name, let's celebrate, let's break the bread and partake. May the blessing of God the Father be on you today and always, amen.
0: We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.